Thank you for visiting Discontinued on Display. We are so happy you have joined us. At this time, we ask of you a few small favors. Please refrain from eating or drinking while you're on the tour. Please remain with your tour guides at all times. And we must apologize. Our brand new gallery will not be opening at the death of our mysterious investor and the other investor pulling out and just everything falling apart. to discontinued on display as always my name is matt and i am joined by the wonderful chris corrigan yes you are i forgot my name was chris for a second <laughs> i definitely was about to be like i'm matt and i was <laughs> like i am not oh uh, so kicked it off last week um uh with uh love never dies i spent this whole week kind of hyping up the podcast to all of my friends and family and the amount of people that i said the sequel to phantom of the opera and they went wait, Phantom of the Opera has a sequel? And I went, yes, it, yes, does. it does. You know what? I forgot to look up. And gosh dang it, I was going to. I forgot to look up what the plot of Miss Hannigan's Revenge is. Oh. Oh, I'm such a, I'm such okay, a sham. Fine. Next, next, next episode. We got plenty of season. We got, plenty of yeah. season. We're just going to keep stringing people along. <laughs> We're going to keep forgetting about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do a whole like special episode like what we did for the AC Gilbert movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> um. So today, this uh, this is going to be, I think, a beefier one to talk about because some people, like Matt, I don't think you're familiar with the source material of what we're talking about today. So we're going to need to delve into a little bit about what our source. Yeah, material we have to is. talk about the musical, but it's it's like last week, like the musical was the reason that it failed. That you know there was elements of the musical. Yeah. This is the exact opposite. The musical, I'm sure, was going to be fabulous. Actually, I and, I have so many feelings about it. And. Um, and it was all the stuff that happened around it. And so uh, w- w- let's, let's save the crazy, like FBI got involved story for, for, the, end, yeah. uh, for the end. And let's start with just Rebecca. You're right. The source material, Rebecca. Cause I actually talked to a coworker that I said, we're doing Rebecca the musical. And she's like, Oh, like, like the book. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Like the book. So today's episode is Rebecca, the musical, which is based off of the, Daphne du Maurier. Am I saying her last I, name right? I Hold think on. that sounds great. Let's go for it. Yes. Du Maurier uh, book, Rebecca, which was released in the 1930s. And it's a revered as this classic Gothic thriller book. Now I've read Rebecca. I don't believe you have, Matt. Uh, no, that that's, uh, doesn't really fall under my genre. I'm more <clears throat> of science fiction fantasy type guy. So Rebecca, so Rebecca is this classic novel that everyone loves. It's eventually adapted for the screen, uh, starring Laurence Olivier and Joan Fontaine as the main two characters, Maxim de Winter and his new wife, who is referred to as I. And I'll explain that a little bit as we go along. Um, and it's directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, and it's a huge, like, it's a big success. Um, and then fast forward decades later, and oh, God, I want to say like 2018, 2019, Netflix releases uh, Re- 
Oh no, maybe it was in the twenty early twenty twenties, which we're still technically in. But it was in the last five years that they re- they remade Rebecca, starring Army Hammer. Uh, this movie came out around the same time we found out he was eating people. And um, did wait, you, wait, do you not know what this is? <laughs> that came out at the same time that he that it came out that Army Hammer was eating people. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Okay, great. I, I, so okay. the, the movie came out. So he'd filmed this film. And right as the movie was about to come out on Netflix, that's when the tea spilled. So it kind of came out at a weird time. Um, and Lily James, who played Cinderella in the live action, was the the the, the narrator or I. Um, I can't remember the actress's name who played uh, Mrs. Danvers, who's kind of the the villain of the story and she, uh, but she's a very famous British actress. I know um, if anyone's into like BBC shows and stuff. Um, and so that movie came out and I'm not going to lie. That was, it was a horrible adaptation. It absolutely butchers the book. Now here's the other thing. I don't care for the book, uh, which oh, okay. will, I'll, I'll explain why. So what, the, what is the story of Rebecca? So the story of Rebecca starts, it's kind of a look back on the life of Maxim de Winter and his wife. Um, the book starts with them like waking up and like, I think they're in a hotel somewhere. It's been a while since I've read it, but uh, she is recalling their life at his family country estate, Manderley or Manderley, if you, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Yes. And um, the story is, is that when she was a young woman, she was very poor and she was like the companion or a lady's companion to a a wealthy woman and so her job was to like kind of be her secretary to fill in for bridge if there wasn't a fourth wealthy woman and just to travel with this woman um kind of like a a lady's maid i would almost call it and uh on a trip in france she meets maxim de winter uh who's this big socialite from england and i believe the I character who is she does not have a name at no point do they give her a first name this she is just referred to as girl by the woman who employs her and then for the rest of the book as Mrs. De Winter and even who will become her husband Max doesn't call her anything but like pet names it's really an interesting yeah she's never given the the new wife is never given a name because Rebecca refers to not the main character Rebecca is his first his first wife so he's everyone's like oh he tragically lost the love of his life and she was Rebecca and um he ends up falling in love with I um and I tells her, like, the woman she works for, like, I'm leaving and I'm going to marry Maxim de Winter. And she's like, you're a, you're a whore and, like, you're not good enough for him. And it's so wild. And she's like, you're – and so she leaves and they have this whirlwind marriage, like, elopement in France. They honeymoon in Europe and then they return to Manderley. Um and it's this big, creepy English estate with a full staff. He lives there alone. Um, and his wife. Well, alone, disapp- alone, except with like a bunch of servants and housekeepers. Correct, correct. <laughs> the, and then the, the main housekeeper, uh, Mrs. Danvers, who um, very much mourns the loss of Rebecca. And Rebecca like died at sea. Like she just vanished. She went on a boat. There was a storm. She never came back. She was pronounced dead. And I don't want to – so here, here's my issue. Uh, the story is kind of about how Mrs. Danvers is upset that there's this new Mrs. De Winter, and it's a lot of, like, 
she's kind of getting manipulated and gaslit and belittled by Mrs. Danvers and no one believes her. And it's like the little mouse and the big thing. And she doesn't stand up for herself. And it's very 1930s. Oh, woe is me. I'm a sad little woman and I don't know what to do. And I just, I, she's very whiny, quite frankly. Yeah. And Mrs. Danvers is trying to set her up to make her look stupid. And she doesn't like uh, that Max De Winter has replaced Rebecca with this person. Um, and uh, the whole like first, I would say half, if not more of the book is just this weird story that's kind of whiny about how this girl doesn't belong, but she doesn't try to belong. She just doesn't and she feels uncomfortable and everything's horrible and um, a bunch of little things happen. Um, and then there's this random twist, which I'm actually not going to spoil. Oh, I don't think... Um, do you want me to talk about Rebecca? Uh, yeah, let's, cause, okay, so, like, this, this, um... This is when the book gets good. Yeah, so this, this takes, the first act of this musical and the first, like, half of this book is, seems very normal. It's so, oh, the book is boring. I'm sure it's more, it's more interesting to watch, but... Um, I'm trying to find the movie that I want to compare this to. Hang on one second. While you Um, do that, I'll kind of explain. Okay, I got it, I got it. Okay. Have you ever seen the movie Sorry to Bother You? I have not. Okay. So basically what happens is, and I'm just going to do a spoiler alert, you know, general spoiler alert for this, because this movie's been out for a while. If you haven't seen it, it, it's very good. It just, uh, okay. So starts out very normal. This uh, young African-American guy becomes a telemarketer and basically um, uh, he he gets advice to use his uh, white people voice when doing telemarketing calls to get people to be more um, to get people to be to trust him more. And so I want to say it's like um, uh, it's David Cross. David Cross voices this guy's. Uh, uh, I've heard white, about this. Yes, white people voice, and so it, he rises up in the ranks as telemarketing company. And so you're going along the first like two thirds of this movie. It's like, oh, this is great, and then the third act just goes wild. Again, spoiler alert. Um, so basically, what it what what it comes out is that this whole company is um is uh uh uh. What is it? You can't. <laughs> I, 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 it's it's so hard to describe. They're like experimenting on humans to make them half human, half horse people, and then like there's a whole conspiracy behind it. What does this have to do with Rebecca? Okay, so that's how I kind of feel like that Rebecca is, where it's like okay, like this is a normal story, it's going along, and then all of a sudden it takes like a left turn, and you're like, whoa, what's happening now? So essentially, what happens is Rebecca's body washes up on shore. Or not her, or the boat. It's yeah, like the they, boat washes up on they shore. figure out that Rebecca, like they find her, they find her body, they find the boat. It actually didn't get that far away from Manderley um, because like Manderley's this giant estate. There's like a beach and a whatever. And um, it's like, oh my gosh, they found her. They can like bury her. There's all, they can, but then they figure out it, she drowned. That's um, how she died. Or uh, it's, it's how she, it's perceived she died. Um, but they figure out that that's not what killed her. No. And um, that the boat was scuttled, that the boat was forced to sink. Um, and so 
everyone assumes that Max did it. Max is insistent that he didn't kill his first wife, that he loved his wife. Mrs. Danvers tries to prove it because apparently she was having... Then it comes out that Rebecca was having a sexual relationship with her cousin, which I get in the 1930s was a okay, but that comes out. And if you're reading the book now, you're like, whoa. Ah! And she was having affairs with everyone. She was just sleeping with everyone. It wasn't yeah. just, she was just, she was not in a faithful marriage. And again, it's 1930s. We're really not supposed to do it back then. Um, And Mrs. Danvers like <laughs> forgives her for it and blames Max for this. And, like, the main character is just so insistent that he couldn't have done this and is so on his side, <laughs> so on his side. And this is this is when I was like, what? I love this book. And it's where it took a turn. And the last third of the book, maybe less than, it's like the last hundred pages is good. It's good writing. It gripped me. It kept me going. And what happens is, so spoiler alert, um, <clears throat> Max essentially goes, yeah, I, I, I technically killed her. Technically, yeah. he's the he put her body on the boat and he sunk the boat because he could. She had this like little cottage off the water because she loved going on the boat. And he confronts her in this cottage and he's like, "You're sleeping with your cousin." Da 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 da. And she goes, "That's right." And I'm pregnant. And then she shoots herself so that it'll look like he did it to like really give him a final fu because she just hated him so much in her life. And he tried to cover it up because he knew what it would look like, especially when they found out that she was pregnant and all these other things. And then I, I don't remember what it was that gets them to go, but they, they try to prove that, um, they, they go, they end up going to find the doctor, um, because she called the doctor like the day she died. And they were they're trying to prove that she committed suicide and somehow this doctor is going to help prove it and they're going to screw up with the court and so cuz he he gets off like the 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 court finds him innocent and he walks yeah, yeah. free Mrs. Danvers is livid and oh, the course. cousin shows up and he's like I know what you've done like I know your part in this I'm going to blackmail you um unless you do certain things and so instead, they he's like, I'm not paying you any money. I didn't kill her. And so they there's this race to this doctor to prove that Rebecca was pregnant um, and he killed her in a jealous rage. And they get to this doctor. Um, and this is where, like, the Lily James movie takes a weird turn and it's her idea and there's not a conversation. She, like, breaks in. That's not what happens in the book. The book is a lot more conversational. So they find this doctor and he goes, oh... No, she wasn't pregnant. She had cancer. She was dying. Yeah. And so her last FU to her husband was to rile him up, make him believe she was pregnant, and then, oh, wait, no, maybe he did shoot her. He got, she convinced him to shoot him, didn't didn't she? Yeah, yeah. So it's like she convinces him, basically, she like, provokes she, her husband because she doesn't want to die slowly and painfully from cancer. So she's like, clearly what I'll do is just provoke my husband into killing me. So then I don't have to die slowly from cancer. And then he'll look like, and then like, she'll like control him for the rest of her life, which is what she wants to do. And so that's how this all kind of goes. And uh, they find the proof. They're able to protect him. Everything's fine. Max is free. The cousin's been proven wrong. They can't prove that she was pregnant. They can now prove that she committed suicide because she had cancer. And they drive back to Manderley and Manderley's on fire. Yep. <laughs> and it's just been destroyed. Mrs. Danvers in the book goes missing. In the movie, I think she dies in the fire. I think like you see her dying in the fire. The musical as well. Yes. Like 
highlights that where it's like she is uh, how did it describe it um oh have you seen it you can see it i can see what you can watch the scene where Ooh. she sets Manderley on fire on YouTube. I have not seen this. Ooh, it's really cool. cool. So the book implies that Mrs. Danvers set the mansion on fire. Um, the movies sh- and the stage adaptation show that she did. So that's that's the story of Rebecca that years ago was adapted for um, the stage as a musical by a European composer. Um, and I believe premiered in Vienna. Yes. Eventually Vienna. moves to Germany. I know it was a big hit in Japan as well. Yeah, and, le- and let's be clear, it is a huge hit in Europe yeah. and Japan and internationally. This is a giant hit. So it's a it's like the early 2010s that this kind of is like, okay, you know, early to mid 2010s were like, this musical is popular, 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 popular overseas. This is exactly the kind of thing that we want to bring to the American audiences. And to be frank, I, I think it would have done oh, really, really great. well. Because this is the kind of stuff that people like. Well, a lot um, of things that are said about it, it's like, it's a lot of people said it was, and this is why I think it's great that this is their second episode, that it was going to kind of give Phantom a run for its money with its grandeur and its story. And I mean, they even got Sarah Bagas to play I. She was the initial cast. cast. Yes. Um, and they got one of my favorite actresses, Carolee Carmelo, to be Mrs. Danvers. Like she, and, and obviously it never comes to pass, but like, and with the big the big final effect, so what that was, we've kind of talked about. So, like, you know, in Phantom, they caused a chandelier to drop. Yeah. In uh, Rebecca, there's this big set piece for Manderley, and it's this grand staircase. It's this giant, Google it, it's a really cool set piece. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. huge, and it's actively used, and it can rotate and spin and move. And when Mrs. Danvers sets the place aflame, she the staircase catches fire and collapses into the stage and like she's on the staircase holding a lit torch i mean if that is a technical like nightmare it's a safety meeting nightmare but they're able to make it so that the whole mansion including this giant set piece collapses so it's um, it's a scrim effect mostly that helps enhance it but this the piece is really on fire and it really does fall like sink into the stage with mrs danvers on it yeah, I'm I'm watching it right now. Yeah, is they, it intense? Yeah, they clearly have something like in front of it that's like the flames. But yeah, this this giant staircase is really cool. Oh, there's Mrs. Danvers. You, you can Wait. see there's fire on the stairs. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, there's yeah. She's got fire. That is that is a real fire. Man, this staircase is pretty cool. It's got like books and stuff like that. Yeah, it's neat. Well, because the the staircase also has to serve as the set piece for the different rooms, like the library yeah, yeah, yeah. and the drawing room. Um, but like, so what's in front of it, what you're seeing is a scrim. So a very, it's a see-through piece that when you project on a certain way is solid. And I believe what happens is when Max and his wife return from proving out that Rebecca couldn't have been pregnant, they show like a projection and then they're able to change the lighting so you can see through it and see what's happening in Manderley. And you can see the servants trying to get things out to try and stop the fire, to try and stop Mrs. Danvers. Oh, snap. Yes, and like I believe the whole Vienna or the whole German production is on YouTube. Oh you can my watch gosh, the whole show. this is this is wild! Isn't this is it like awesome? The greatest thing I've ever seen on stage. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Holy cow! There's like a lot of fire. There's a lot of fire. There's a lot of fire. Oh, oh my goodness! Holy cow! I would be freaked out. Oh, she's like. Oh my goodness! I, like I think she goes to the top of the stairs. Oh yeah, she's at the top of the stairs, and there is fire. Like a lot of fire. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. That, oh, my goodness. This is, oh, my gosh. Yeah, if, if, if Matt hasn't convinced you to go try and look this up, Oh, my up, gosh, that's should. the greatest thing I've ever seen. Holy cow. Yeah. If you like, oh, my goodness. Um, okay, wow. Okay, sorry you all had to, like, that was, that was great. Um, okay, it really, wow. it's, 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 in concept, this musical is so beautiful and fascinating. Um, and I tried to actually spend, I spent a good chunk of the day listening. I did it with Love Never Dies too. I tried to listen to as much of the soundtrack as I could get through. The thing is, is, there isn't an English recording. So it's all it was, in German. <laughs> it was all there. I think the Vienna uh, soundtrack. Do they speak German in Vienna? I think so. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, because it's you know that Europe kind of all you know goes together. Regardless, I listened to the German soundtrack. I know it was the German soundtrack specifically, and I understood three words: <laughs> Mrs. Danvers, <laughs> Mister De Winter, <laughs> Rebecca. I'm sorry, four four words: Rebecca and Manderly, and that was it. Everything else was German, but I was, what I was expecting too, with the score of this musical was to hear, um, Phantom, to hear a very Phantom of the Opera style musical because of that comparison. It doesn't sound like Phantom. I actually really liked the soundtrack. Um, I don't know what they were saying. I don't know if the lyrics are any good, but the music was very ghostly a couple times, very like party, like they, they changed it to make things make sense. And a couple of times it sounds almost funny. Like there's a bit, there's a song at the very start, which is when um, the main character, when I is still in service and it's her bossy, like this bossy older woman who's like essentially tormenting or bossing her around the resort. And like, you can hear the audience in the background kind of giggling because of her just screaming for this one, this girl. It, it's or like when she sees Max de Winter and she goes, Oh my God, it's him. Um, it's really, it's, it, it sounds like an interesting soundtrack. I'd love to hear it in English. Um, and actually, you can look because this was supposed to go to Broadway. There are trailers for the English productions, and you can hear clips of what some of the songs like. Like I think the opening song is "I Dreamed Last Night of Manderley," and then there's some like big ballad between her and Mrs. Danvers about Rebecca, and the rest of the trailers just them going Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca. Um, <laughs> That's all it is. That's all it is. Um, I mean, you know. You, you know. Uh, you know. But I, I would be genuinely, I would A, love to see it. And B, I would like to actually, actually listen to it. Because the, the music, the score wasn't as opera-y, I think, as I was expecting it yeah, to okay, end up being. Okay. Um, so I guess we, we better jump into what the F happened here. So I, we need to introduce you to a couple people. So it... Uh, uh, international hit Rebecca premieres in 2006 and it is announced in 2008 that an English language premiere is going to happen and producers Ben Sprecher and Louise for Forlenza Ben Sprecher, Louise Forlenza Don't worry about Louise, she is very minor in the story Ben Sprecher is who we need to pay attention ben, to Ben Sprecher is is the person that you need to know And the, the sad thing is, is I think it could really be either of them Like I don't think Yes I don't, like, I don't know why Ben was the one who got targeted in the end But like, I mean Ben has a bigger downfall at the end of this It has nothing to do with Rebecca But um, Louise yes. didn't seem like I feel like she almost got off scot-free from the heat, and I don't know why they targeted Ben specifically, but yeah. So I mean, they 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 plan that they've acquired the rights, and it's a they they plan to open the show, sixteen million dollar budget. Um, 
in, in but uh um uh they the special effects in the West End theater led to the show's cancellation. So they try to revive it. So what happened? Do you know what happened with that cuz that's actually like real fascinating. Oh no, I don't know that. Yeah, so what happened that. is so they they get permission to use this theater. Um and it's one of the bigger theaters on the West End. I can't remember which one it is. And so because again they have to get the staircase to collapse into the ground, they needed to dig out under the theater. They had to go under the stage and they had to excavate to make it big enough and deep enough to drop the staircase. Okay. And as they were doing that, they found an ancient spring. Oh. So the whole bottom of the theater started flooding with water from this ancient <laughs> river. And then there was like, if we keep going and we find artifacts, like ancient artifacts, then this place becomes like an excavation site and everything stops. It becomes a historic site and everything stops. Okay. Um, and if they stop, they can't do the staircase. So then it became do the show without the staircase or potentially yeah. lose the space. And they go, I guess we'll do the show without the staircase. But then there were some other things. I think a couple backers end up pulling out. And so eventually they don't open on the West End. And they just they do some staged readings in in England. And then they move it on over to New York. Yeah, so they try to go to Broadway. So the bi- there's a big crux in this story, and that is in September of 2012 that they've, th- things get delayed because um, a major investor who promised to secure $4.5 million has suddenly died. However, Sprecher, our wonderful friend Ben Sprecher, he expresses confidence that the estate of the investor, then this is multimillionaire, this is the other name you need to know, Paul Abrams. Mm-hmm. Our friend Paul Abrams is going to still provide the money. So, so with Paul, I, I want to make sure we point out, Paul was scouted by an investment banker named Mark Holtz. Holtzman? Uh, Holtz? Uh, Mark, um, hang on. It starts it was, with an H, and it's, it's, it's escaping um, me. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I have it written down. Um, Mr. Hotton. Hotton. Mark Hotton. Yes. So Mark, Mark Hotton. Hotton was this investment banker who secured four investors, four angel investors, because... That was the problem. They, Rebecca was supposed to open several times on Broadway and it kept getting pulled and it kept getting pulled because money was getting dropped or something became more expensive or investment wasn't coming through. Um, and Mark Hutton was able to get four British investors, Paul Abrams, um, and then three other gentlemen. And three gentlemen put forth like combined, I want to say they combined put about $2 million into the show and then Paul Abrams put another two. Paul Abrams dies randomly yes and the other three pull out yes so um and there had been money that mark mark um say his last name one more time mark hotton is getting paid like he's getting a certain percentage from money coming in and getting paid by the two producers the budget from the show for this money to come in he has these contracts there's so much is going on yes so you know so now like you know, we're, we're in September 2012. Commitments from several sources, Sprecher and Forlenza, and they informed the cast and the public. I mean, again, this has like a Twitter account and everything. That signed, con- that, that signed contracts for those investments have gone out, and rehearsals will hopefully begin the following week. Um, now, um, and, and it's September 26th, there's um, Playbill.com got a, um, uh, Press a release. Private- a, a private email. Um, they they oh. got a private email that shows like a cast member saying 
you know, rehearsals are going to be in October 1st. It's been excruciating, not knowing if we're going to go to work, but collective sigh of relief. Oh my gosh, this is so great. Well, a lot of these actors ditched out on other contracts or other opportunities to be part of Rebecca. And this was going to be their income for about a year or more. Yes. So September 30th of 2012 is when it all becomes unraveled. And um, so it is where there, Chris, there's a key point about Paul Abrams that we need to go over. And, and what is the key point of Paul Abrams? Is it, are we jumping to the, well, uh, I think Paul I, Abrams isn't a real person. Okay. Yes. Well, I was going to say, there's a couple of things like, and it, so Matt's right. Paul Abrams is fake, but like, boy, how did they string him along? Like they were getting emails from the executor of his estate. And then there was like, they met his niece. It, it, basically what I found is that Sprecter, um, Houghton had said, this is Paul Abrams. You're going to talk to him like talked to him on the phone, but never met him in person. So basically it's this New York times report. So there's a report in the New York times that basically says Paul Abrams, isn't a real individual. And Sprecher admits that he's never met the investor. That was a big rumor going around is that Paul Abrams wasn't real. And there was no way to prove it. And the two producers had met again, had met his niece, had gotten emails from this guy. And then Ben Sprecher calls in a family friend who's this big lawyer, um, and I want to... He doesn't work for the FBI. He's just this huge lawyer, and I can't remember where he works, but he's like, I might need your help, and he's like, call me when the FBI show up. And then 25 days later, the FBI shows up. Yeah, so like the U.S. Attorney General's Office and the FBI are now looking into the circumstances of this show's financing. Because again, we're talking like millions of dollars of possible fraud happening. Um, um, and all of it's falling on Ben Sprecher. Meanwhile, their um, uh, press release, their mark, not their marketing guy, their their social media, their press release. There's a uh, word Thibodeau. for it, Mark Thibodeau. But what is what is his job title? What is his formal job title? No, you're, you're, you're right. It's I like mean, the I'm the describing it right, but there's a marketing guy. They're essentially like he does their press releases, their social yeah. media is like every two days doing something. Um, yeah, he eventually leaves the whole production. He eventually, yeah. like, right at the end, right when they pull the final plug, he taps out. Um, so what ends up happening is Paul Abrams is kind of discovered to not exist. And he, he was like a fabrication by Houghton. Mark, Mark Houghton who, to defraud who, them. I, th- I thought it was very funny that had previously been sued for fraud. It's like, oh, <laughs> so what a great track record. So that's happening. But meanwhile, they're able to, because all of this is in the news, there is another angel investor who's this, I can't remember his name, but he's a private, he's a, he owns a pharmacy. He's a private millionaire. He doesn't like expressing it. He's like, I don't want this to get out because he's like, I believe in the show. I will give you the money you need that fell through. Oh, it's with um, this. Larry Runsdorf. Thank you. Runsdorf. And Runsdorf is like, I'll give you the money you need. And he is a real person. Um, But I do not want my name released because if it gets released, every producer on Broadway will be hounding me. I don't want that. And they're like, great, that's cool. They kept this kind of within the top people. Um, Mark Houghton, I believe, because he hadn't gone to jail yet. Mark Houghton was one of those people who knew. And I don't know if Houghton knew. Did he not? I thought he did. I, I think he was arrested by that point. Oh, okay. So, um, and then <laughs> I was getting confused. Knew. Tip, Mark Thibodeau knows. Thibodeau knows. The two producers know. I believe the director of the production knows. Um, 
because that was a whole big thing. They she was having a problematic relationship with Ben Sprucker, and then um, the the lawyers for this pharmacist gets an email from a random woman going, "Hey, you need to pull out of this deal. This show's in trouble. The show's in trouble. It's going down fast." And then there's no response. Um, so there's a second email sent. There's no response. And so then a new woman uh, emails the pharmacist directly and is like, yo, the walls are closing in on Ben Sprecher, I believe is the exact quote from the email. Um, you need to get out of this. And he immediately has his lawyers contact Ben Sprecher and go, I'm out. You broke our contract. You released my name to the public. No one's supposed to know I'm a part of this. And they were literally on their way. Like Ben Sprecher and Mark, um, what's his name? Hotton, Mark Hotton and Louisa all mortgaged their homes to finance this. That's where a lot of the financing came from. They personally mortgaged their homes to make up the money because they were for sure, they were positive they were get, get their money back. And so they are on the way to like finish signing the contracts, to get this guy's investment, to be able to start rehearsals like the next day. And on the car ride, he pulls out. Yeah. And and, and basically it's the, it's the anonymity thing. Like it's, it's you broke, I wanted to stay anonymous. Clearly I'm not anonymous. I'm out. And um, so, yeah. So um, they have one full day of rehearsals so that with what money they do have, they can pay the actors. So they go through one day of rehearsals in, in which they say they gathered everyone to go, the show isn't happening. So the actors and crew can get paid. But like set pieces had been built and stored and were yeah. being kept for years, like all this stuff. Um, and it all falls to nothing. And then there becomes this manhunt with the FBI to figure out, or no, no, not with the FBI. This was the lawyer had a friend. The lawyer had a friend and he was to figure out where were these women from? Because they couldn't, like, they, they were fake names. These were fake people. So someone yeah. had created a profile and who did that? And out of nowhere, out of complete left field, it turns out that Mark Thibodeau. Yes. <laughs> Created these accounts and emailed because he was he had been seeing so much behind the scenes. He was like, "This isn't safe. This needs these Ben and Louisa need to be stopped." And basically, he sees himself as he's the whistleblower. Correct. And this is how he's blowing the whistle. He's telling this investor, "Get out." He's purposely wants to kill the show, and he gets out. And he so he, he blows the whistle and then quits. And it's like, "I'm just leaving." Obviously, the show is going nowhere. I've tried. I'm out. And then they figure out it's him because so he sends these emails from an internet cafe, but he created the Google accounts from his home computer. And <laughs> at the time it was early enough technology and like oh, tracing yeah, yeah. that he wouldn't have thought that. And that's how they're able to trace it back to him. So Mark so, goes to jail for like three years for fraud. Yeah, yeah. And it was like $67,000. And then they were able to sue Mark Thibodeau for breach of contract. Um, yeah, so they yeah they sue Sprecher and and and, and Louise. Uh, they sue Thibodeau, which I believe he countersued them as he well. He pulls his suit, but he countersues them for breach of contract on their end and for not paying him. But then he drops his lawsuit and loses, and he he is found guilty of breach of contract and owes them like six thousand dollars or something very pitiful like that yeah. in the grand scheme of things. And it, then in twenty nineteen, uh, Ben Sprecher goes to jail. For nothing oh, really? To do I didn't with... see that one. You didn't know this? No. Ben Sprecher goes to jail for um, child pornography. Oh. Oh, gosh. For for having and distributing it. I'm um, less upset about 
him now in this situation. Yeah, so he ends up being a bad guy, but not in terms of Rebecca. Louisa has just vanished. And they were both producers. They did more minor mm-hmm, productions. Yeah. This was this would have been their big Broadway debut, debut as producers. Um, and a lot of people thought they'd gone in over their head. This story is really deep and has a lot of moving parts and things there, we didn't touch on, like the issues with translation and like the playwright being really nervous and the lyricist being really nervous about how the play was going to be adapted for the Broadway stage. Cause one of his previous Broadway shows about Dracula um, had gone so poorly. And like, there was a lot going on. There's like a two hour long YouTube video that I watched in preparation for this that really goes into this. Um, and I, I recommend going and watching it. It's really well done. And I remember sitting there by the end and like when they were like, and who create, cause there's two marks in the story. So like, I already knew that Mark Cotton was a bad guy and they're like, and who wrote the emails to get the thing to close down? And they're like, Mark. I'm like, yeah, of course he did. Because then he gets to keep all the money. And then they go, Thibodeau. And I was like, what the, <laughs> where did you come from? Why are you a bad guy all of a sudden? Honestly, what they should do is they should make a musical about making the musical, making the musical of Rebecca. Um, <laughs> And this is our next idea right now. Yes. Now, I should say that since we've started researching this, Rebecca is finally going to be produced for the English stage. It's going to go to the West End this year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, with all new producers and all new creative team. It's the same adaptation that was done by Christopher Hampton, who's done a lot of English from Europe translations. He really famously did God of Carnage, which was a Tony winning production from, I want to say, 2010. Um, one of my favorite plays too. Um, and he did the, oh God, what was the other show that he's translated? I can't remember. It's another big name musical. Oh, well, it's gone. Um, but it's going to come on the West End this year. Uh, they're going to announce a cast. September 4th through November 18th. Um, just out of curiosity, like just, you know, can I get tickets for this? Oh yeah, look at this. Yeah, they're going to try and make pre-sale tickets. That was the other thing is when they announced that Rebecca was happening, there was a lot of, Mark Thibodeau was working hard. They had like a million dollars in pre-sale ticket sales within the first like week of uh, ticket sales being open. Like people wanted is, to see it. How much is 19 pounds? How much is... It's only 19 pounds. That's not a lot of money. That's like it's... under 40... It's from 19 pounds. So I'm assuming that's like 23 bucks. I'm assuming that's like the nosebleed seats, but no, that's um, how what's the most expensive seat. Hang on. So choose seat. Okay. I want to sit. I want to sit right in front. That is 54, 75 pounds. That's like, how much is 54 pounds in us dollars? That's like 60, 65. Dollars. That ain't bad. That's not bad. That's a when front can... row seat, baby. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a good show. Um, I hope they do a cast recording. Oh, we can get some nice balcony seats. The the balcony seats are the ones that on the bench. They're like nineteen dollars. Those are probably hey. especially for that big end finale. Balcony seats are going to be great for that view. Yeah. Um. Dang. Do we need to make a trip? <laughs> we do. We really do. I, I, mean, I. If this show comes to America, I'm going. I want oh, yeah, to see yeah. it. Yeah, we got it. We got to. Which well, does does that answer our question, Matt? Should this show actually go to Broadway? Oh, I, I, immediately after watching that staircase scene, I just honestly, who cares if the if the uh, the thing comes? Just bring that. <laughs> just just w- let me watch that over and over again. <laughs> yeah, you guys go go to YouTube, Google Rebecca the Musical full show staircase, whatever you need to, and you can find it. And there's a lot of trailers and clips where you yeah. can see the effect because it's it's a big selling point. It's again, it's like the Phantom Chandelier. Yeah. Um, 
Now, I did go to YouTube, or not to YouTube, to eBay. Yeah, uh, to what can see. I get? There's actually one thing you can get. Ooh, what You can, can get? get a discount Rebecca ticket voucher. Okay. Which brings the ticket down to like $45 or something, but it's got like the really cool logo from the Rebecca. It was it was an interesting little piece. Um, I was okay. kind of fascinated with it. Um, and it was Wild. cheap. It was like 15 bucks or something, 13 15 That was it. There was nothing else. There were other things, but that was it. Um, but yeah. My goodness. That's Rebecca the Musical. Yeah, this this is- Went down in a flame of glory. Oh, goodness. Yeah, th- this is, what I love about this story is that it is very much, again, the vibe is perfect for this podcast, which mm-hmm. is the, you're at a family gathering and you need a good story, just whip this story out. Be like, oh, hey guys, let me tell you about the the scandal behind Rebecca the Musical. And it should have gone, like, Rebecca is a very revered book. Like, I'm shocked that they weren't able to get backers for it. And I think part of the reason they weren't able to is because Ben, the two producers, Ben Sparker and Louisa, whatever her last name was, were relatively green in terms yeah. of major Broadway. Um, and they, they brought out a director to try a really big name director to try and get um, a lot of funding. And that was like the, that was the way Mark Houghton had sold Paul Abrams. He was like this angel investor who's going to front $2 million yeah. will draw people uh honestly had they been able to pull off the production he would have made a mint yeah oh yeah he would have made a mint off of these people um and it's it's like so that is i think the role that ben sprecher and louisa plays that they just were too green to get the the money uh that they needed to pull this off especially for something this this big i mean for anything really i don't even know if they could have gotten a freaking production of like chorus line on a broadway stage (laughs) yeah this this uh or freaking what is that two person musical that everyone uh the last five years like I don't think they could have gotten the last five years on Broadway with like the financing based off of how I re- understood the story but um like I think if you had some big name producers that show would have blown up yeah it's it's crazy it's absolutely crazy to me how uh how like just every turn. There's just like, oh, and this guy did this, and this guy did this. Oh, you remember this guy that seemed insignificant to the story? Nope, he's now a major player. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely bananas. Yeah. Um, Anything else on Rebecca before we end the tour for today? No, I think that's everything. Let's light this museum on fire and walk away. Yeah, let's have this great effect where we light everything on fire, and then I'd fall into the stage. Um, to an all right, ancient so- lake. Yes. Uh, uh, you want to get a hold of us? Discontinued on display at gmail.com. Send us an email, please. We love hearing from you. Uh, Twitter at discontinued pod, Instagram at discontinued on display. Check us out. Sorcerernetwork.com. You can find all of our episodes and our sister podcast, beers and ears. We got some fantastic episodes. My kids made their debut ah! on a recent episode. So listen to my children rant about their Disney trip for six minutes. Um, uh. Very fun. Um, as always, rate and review us. Five stars, five stars. We got a full, wonderful season ahead of us. Um, trying to think of anything else. Um, I think that's it. That's it. All right. All right, here we go. I'm setting the staircase on fire. Rebecca! Oh, I, I wish you guys could see Matt. He's like twitching and he's got claws. Because I'm, I, this is me caressing her nightgown because I'm obsessed with her. Oh, um, that is like, a scene that that is something that happens. 
Yes, yes. Um, so I'm setting everything on fire and away. <laughs> Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.